Hey everyone, this is your therapy session with Emily. I'm your host, Emily Mazur, aka Portland Hairstylist. COVID has really thrown everybody in a loop. The continuing social distancing, wearing masks, not seeing loved ones, people losing their lives, businesses closing. It's just, it's ugly. It's ugly. And people are tired of it. But I would say for me, having done this podcast since May of last year, there's something that I've actually discovered. That's creativity, innovation, and drive. Drive to succeed and even just survive. And one thing that I've always really loved about Portland, and I still love about Portland, is how much our community supports local and small businesses. To me, that's really what Portland is all about. And this is what this show's about. It is about recognizing individuals who maybe you haven't heard of them. Maybe they don't have a huge following on Instagram or social media, but they are making an impact in this community. And Ruby Oland is just such a person. Ruby has a company called Rabbit Brush Goods. Which, by the way, guys, the name is not at all what you think it means. Rabbit brush is actually a shrub in the sunflower family and is native to the arid western United States, Canada, and northern Mexico. It's known for its bright white or yellow flowers. Her line doesn't carry the shrub, but the idea of it gives you a sense of earth, warmth, something organic. Her line is a natural hair care product line, and in the line she has a shag spray, which I absolutely love, hair oil, and powder. Powder not only for your blondies or your very light colored hair, but she also created a powder that was darker for her own hair type. And it's actually a pretty big seller. Her product line is eco-friendly and harm-free. And it was such a treat to ask her questions as to how she created this product line and where she's at now with it. Oh yeah, guys, the other thing is she is such a great singer. She has this album out, which I've been listening on Spotify, and one of my favorite songs, Born in the West, which by the way, Ruby, I keep playing over and over again. I'll be playing a little snippet at the end of the show. So here is my absolutely lovely conversation with Ruby Oland, owner and creator of Rabbit Brush Goods. Interview on Thursday, March 11th of 2021. All right, everybody, I am here with Ruby Oland, and she is the creator of Rabbit Brush. Um, and she logged onto her laptop, but I wanted to check out her workspace. So she logged into her iPhone. So you guys can see this on my YouTube channel at your therapy session with Emily. Hi. 
Hi. And we tried to do this interview, I think a week or so ago, but my kids yeah. were just banging on the door as if the world was ending. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> kids, kids these I days. I know. And now they're gone. They're with Nana. And now it's weird that the house is so quiet. <laughs> yeah. Right. Not that um, background noise. Yeah. Um, so and it's so funny because, you know, it's like Instagram is that, well, it's a rabbit hole, which is funny with rabbit brush, but <laughs> I, I don't know if it was from her on Instagram, Ashley star. Do you know who she is? Um, maybe by her Instagram name, which might yes. be just, um, she, I, I don't know if she's selling your product at it's own salon. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now, is yeah. She, are you a couple of different salons? Are you selling products there? Um, no, not okay. that I believe. No, I mean, she might have like purchased some products for herself and are okay. maybe trying them out at her salon, but um, no. Okay. Yeah, but I do work with a couple, a couple different salons. Okay, so, well, before we get into you actually retelling your product, uh, why don't you talk about your product first? And I have, oh. I, I have the shag spray the lavender one. Mm -hmm. And I got the dry shampoo, which is the powder. I love it. There's sparkles in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I think there's that's sparkles cool. in the sea salt spray too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yep. then I have the magic oil, which I have not used yet. Mm -hmm. Okay. So first of all, tell me about your line and why you created it. Sure. Yeah. So, um, I had known that I wanted to have my own small business for years and, um, I started out with the dry shampoo just because it was a formula that I had been using myself for years, um, and really been dialing in for a really long time. And so the goal of my company is just to provide all natural, non-toxic, cruelty-free hair care that is good for the environment and also good for your hair. Um, and so I just saw a need for, nobody was really selling what I was using mm -hmm. on my hair on a day-to-day -day routine. So I decided what better business idea than to go ahead and do that. It seemed like a lot of people were making handmade skincare. Mm -hmm. um, and so I thought, It'd be a good idea to do hair care and, and it's been really great and you first started out with creating a brown powder right to match with your hair color yeah so i still i still make that one that is one of my best selling products and yeah so i add in all kinds of like really nice dark powders like black walnut hull and clove powder so it's like the darkest powder that i found uh on the market at all. It seems like a lot of people are still marketing like white talc based powders mm -hmm. for people with black, with dark or black hair. And I have always been kind of a greasy kid. So my mm -hmm. mom would like douse me in Johnson and Johnson's baby powder. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay. Well, you know, and I looked like terrible. It was like all white and chalky. So yeah necessity is the mother of invention right mm -hmm. well and it's so funny i've never seen that before either i mean i you see the the root color spray to mm -hmm. you know what i mean like clients that have gray hair but i've never really seen a hair powder that's dark which is fantastic 
Um, yeah, it's an older idea as well. So sorry to, sorry to, oh, it's okay. but like dry shampoo and hair powder used to be way more popular before the invention of shampoo and hot running water. Mm -hmm. People had to kind of like, you know, like powder themselves more often, which is easier than taking a shower. Mm -hmm. And so well, going back to when you were creating this product line, uh -huh. um and you were were you trying out different dry shampoos like natural ones and you'd look at the ingredients and then tweak it i've tried a couple i would also just kind of well i i didn't really buy them because i already had a formula that mm. i made for myself that i loved but i would like kind of sneak into my friend's medicine cabinets and mm -hmm. take peeks at what they were using and what was in there and kind of ask them questions about it so is the formula that you use now pretty similar to what you were using before pretty similar yeah okay pretty similar just and I actually got that idea for adding sparkles from a hairdresser oh. at Bishop's which <laughs> and she actually was like you know you should buy some loose eyeshadow and add it in so it's not like quite so matte on mm. your hair and so I was use, doing that for a long time but then I stopped doing that but yeah yeah. yeah, I love it. Um, now you first started with creating a powder. Is that mm -hmm. right? Okay. Yeah. So you're creating your dark powder. And then were you also creating the light powder at the same time? I started with a darker one, but then saw pretty immediately the need for a lighter, a lighter one for blondes. So those are my first two. And then I, and then the shag spray came next. Okay. So with doing the powder, when you were creating it for yourself, um, when did you decide to create the brand rabbit brush or was that much later that was actually much later yeah so i had i had a previous business name that was called braided root mm, okay and i worked under that for a little over a year and sold my products at wildish and they look so bad i look back on some of the prototypes that i had and the it's really cute <laughs> was it something that you came up with yourself like the name and then how to do the logo and stuff oh yeah it's been yeah. like a huge journey of like yeah lots of different lots of oh, different so funny yeah um so was it braided root and then you started marketing it to your friends first or did you just start marketing your dark hair powder to friends and then came up with the name um i think i came up with well no i i started doing some product development and i was okay. like okay at the time i want to like start getting this business going because mm -hmm. i know it's going to take a couple years to get off the ground right mm -hmm. so then i was like well i need a name so mm -hmm. I already kind of had the base formula down of the product development and a light, a kind of a business plan. And then I chose the name and then I sold to a couple friends like through Instagram. And then at the time I was working at Wildish and they were very helpful because I could use some storage space and production space and then sell their products on their shelf, sell my products on their shelves. So. And Wildish Botanicals is an herb place but what else does it have all kinds of really nice like artisanally locally made um skincare and body body products and um like ritual products like nice That's candles cool. and all kinds of good stuff and how long were you working there before you actually was able to put your product on the shelf 
Oh, well, I think I started volunteering there first. I was an intern for a while. And so it was pretty short afterwards that we all became friends. So I'd say about six months, probably. Okay. And then before yeah. that, you were selling to your friends on Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Would you send out any but free giveaway products? You would give away products? <laughs> yeah. Cause I was still yeah. interested. Use this and let me know what you think about it, you know? So. And then was that also with strangers as well? No, not so much. Okay. Just um, some close with different hair types. And then what kind of feedback would, and did you have a scent with that already? Because you have two scents out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the nature of the darker dry shampoo is that the clove powder mm -hmm. really lends it to like a spicy, uh, warm, a warm, spicy scent. So by the nature of the ingredients, it is already scented. Okay. Um, but I had one friend who hated the cloves. It reminded her of clove cigarettes that made her sick when she was younger. Oh. <laughs> but I like it. Now, is that okay? I'm terrible. I just discovered the name when I saw your product because I ordered it and I honestly prefer the lavender one. Is it vetiver? Is that how you pronounce it? Vetiver. Yeah. Vetiver. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, is that what the dark haired powder smells like? Or it smells like the clover. It's sim it's similar. So it's vetiver is like an herbaceous grass, kind of like sandalwood, um, mm -hmm. but a little bit like more spicy. Okay. Um, so I really like it. People have kind of like compared it to like a kind of campfirey or like a bark of a tree. So it's okay. like masculine, right? And then the clove like you know what clove clove mm -hmm. powder like nutmeg and stuff yeah. so it smells like cinnamon it smells like a lot of people are like it smells like christmas cookies or gingerbread or you know? mold wine that's what <laughs> i make every year exactly <laughs> yeah yeah so those two are not identical but they do um get along with one another quite well okay when now going back to the product development mm -hmm. were you working at wildish botanical at the time or was that yeah. before okay yep the product development, now you had your powder. Did you feel mm -hmm. like, okay, I, I could sell the powder, but I feel like I have to have more product on the shelf? Yeah, I needed a little bit more like context. Mm -hmm. I think people were just a little bit confused to just see like this jar full of brown powder, you know, mm -hmm. and then they, it was something that I had been using in my day-to-day -day routine for years, but I realized mm -hmm. there was kind of a gap for people that they were like, I don't really know how to use this in a routine. Mm -hmm. So I kind of needed to create like, yeah, more of a spectrum of mm -hmm. products. And so, yeah, I ended up, I think I made the hair oil and the shag spray around the same time. And um, yeah, and that's when it kind of started to, people started to understand it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And then also I started putting application brushes next to the powder which is how I recommend putting it on your hair mm. rather than just like with your fingers can be kind of messy because it's a powder right so mm -hmm. like the way you would put blush on your face is the same way you would apply the powder to your scalp and the application brushes are the ones that you create yeah so before I developed all of those I just bought some wholesale I really like a nice retractable brush that you mm -hmm. can put a lid on. Mm -hmm. And so I bought some of those just to sell to people. 
um, like a metal blush brush is super simple and I find a lot of people have those kind of lying around and then the brush development is a whole a whole other thing how was that really hard for you because I know yeah. for myself um even starting the podcast like I knew I mm-hmm. wanted to start the podcast and I thought about it last year and probably like six to eight months and I felt like I hit the ceiling where I was just like god damn it it's like I don't know where to start I want to do this But then it was crazy because once I started getting into it, it got a lot easier. So what I'm saying is with your product, having to think about like, okay, I should make an oil. I should probably make a shag spray. Was that a difficult transition for you? Yeah, well, especially with, especially with the brushes. The thing is, is like, I've been making my own like hair, body and face products for Mm -hmm. a long time now. So I'm familiar with kind of like the ingredients and how things mix together. But I think trying a new form of something like making a podcast or Mm -hmm. make building a website or something, right? It's like, I was actually just talking to my friend about this the other day. That's just the learning process. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes as adults, we like become foreign to that again. Mm -hmm. And we get really frustrated and we're like, oh, this should be easier. I feel like I'm hitting walls or hitting the ceiling. And I think it's a lot of like just stepping back and kind of enjoying that Mm -hmm. like and being like, I can, this is not impossible. I can absolutely do this and just like keep bumping into the wall you know mm-hmm. and like you just kind of have to keep opening yourself up to yeah. it and showing up for that pr- project you know yeah what um now do you think we could go to your work area do you have some yeah. of your brushes there all right guys so ruby is getting up off the couch she is walking walking in a brightly lit apartment i love it it's so the- brightly lit yeah, it's really cute. So I have this funny little side room. It's pretty small. And we have, I have like my storage, some storage. Mm-hmm. And then this is like half of our closet room too. So okay. like we keep our clothes here and stuff, but it's a mess in here. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's totally <laughs> fine. My whole house is a mess all the time. So don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then I, I have like my, some storage bins here for my ingredients and overflow products and then I've got like my fulfillment center over oh, here cool. by some nice big windows, which is really great. Um, and then let's see here. I'll show you my brush. This is one of the first brushes that I made. So, oh ooh. my gosh, that's so beautiful. It's really nice. Uh, I like that. And so, you know, it's definitely handmade. Sometimes little hairs will come out. But yeah whatever you know it's not perfect and then right now I actually don't have any brushes made but what I do is um I work with a local woodworker and we designed the handles together and he comes by and he drops off a batch of like usually about 10 at a time and let's see I'll show you he just like gives me like a whole I love those handful of like different different woods mm-hmm. a couple different shapes and it's really exciting it's really fun so then what I'll do is I take I take a picture of all of them and then I have a list of who wants to get the brushes mm-hmm. and then I reach out to everybody and then take notes on what color of hair 
they want on the bristles and then I make each one custom for people bind it glue it trim it but it's really fun what kind of super labor intensive what hair do you use it's goat hair so it's goat hair from a small farm in Washington it's so it's not vegan but it is it's cruelty free you know Mm -hmm. they don't have to like kill the goats to get the hair and it's from a super small family farm so how did you so you obviously you knew you want to make the brushes and yeah and you wanted did you know you wanted a wooden handle yeah so I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit about how I how I kind of came across making these brushes sorry is the light in here okay it's like perfect it's, okay good um so I was trying to like find brushes mm-hmm. and they are like all made in China they're mm-hmm. all like yeah glue with plastic handles plastic bristles and if they're not then they're $30 like for me you know so mm-hmm. I'd have to sell them at, at least like 50 or something right so um I after like months of searching and searching for the perfect product I decided to try and do it myself I mean it couldn't be that hard mm-hmm. I had seen videos of people like you get a pencil and then the metal tip where you keep the eraser mm-hmm. they would like take it out and then put the hair in there and then like mm-hmm. clamp it down and glue it you know but oh, that would okay. that wouldn't work so I I did like a bind I do a binding thing so I make these very small tufts of hair and glue them all together but it's fun it's um yeah it was definitely a process how long does it take you to make one brush? I've pretty much dialed it down now. So like the whole process of like binding, gluing, and trimming will probably take me about a half an hour. That's not bad. It's not too bad. Yeah, uh, it's not bad. And I want to, you know, I only sell them. I think they're like $28. So that's really good. Pretty. I don't, I don't want to charge too much for them, you know? Yeah. And now when the guy comes in with the wooden handles he's already mm-hmm. you already paid him out then right I pay him per after he delivers them to me okay yeah. and then how did you find the farm that has the goat hair like do they just sell hair specifically yeah. for this reason I found them on Etsy that's crazy I, it's crazy <laughs> well I tried I had tried horse hair originally and it's very coarse mm. it doesn't like grab the powder as well as you would want it to so Mm -hmm. goat hair work and so now let's go ahead um we'll go back to your products yeah so now what sells the most you have so you have your hair powder Mm -hmm. the sea salt spray the shag spray I absolutely love this I love Mm -hmm. the smell of this I have um so my hair is medium to coarse Mm -hmm. it's fairly dry but I do love the texture of the powder Mm-hmm. And then the sea salt spray is great because I actually have curly hair or like mm-hmm. wavy hair. So when I get out of the shower, I use this guy. Yeah. And it kind of enhances the way. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't used the oil yet. So when do you usually apply the oil? Yeah. So the oil is kind of an interesting product that I, I really like, but um, 
it's not necessarily an everyday product the way the shag spray or the dry shampoo is designed to be i found i was using it like when before i go to sleep i put it right on the ends of my hair that has okay. some damage from bleaching or you know just life and then kind of like braiding it massaging it into my hair but what i really like to do is if i know i'm going to be shampooing my hair mm-hmm. either later that day or in the morning I'll really kind of, it's like a mask for your hair. Mm-hmm. So you can run it through, brush it through, and then sleep. And then it's just like a really deep conditioner. Mm, okay. Now, do you have any other products? I do. Yeah, I have a couple other products. So I have a pomade, which is selling really nicely now too. So I have this pocket pomade. Oh, <laughs> throwing it across the room um and that's for your hands and stuff or is that for your hair it's for your hair so okay you put it onto like the edges of your bangs if you're having them like trouble getting them to stay where you want them to or something you know Mm -hmm. the ends of your hair so if you're trying to like enhance you know your curls or your layers so I have that and then I also have a shampoo bar which is a solid bar I don't know if you've heard of those I, yes, I actually have a client. So we use R&Co that I love R&Co at the salon, Mm -hmm. but I do have a client that's very sensitive to smells. And so she brought in her bar and I thought that it was awesome. Yeah, it works really well. And it's really environmentally friendly because most liquid shampoos are like 50% water. Mm -hmm. So you have to just like put them in a plastic container because they're filled with liquid, right? Mm -hmm. So if you just remove the liquid, then... I really like the shampoo bar. I find that my hair has actually been a lot healthier and it doesn't get greasy as fast. What's that? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. It's okay. Not for everybody. You know, some people are really attached to their shampoo and conditioner and Mm -hmm. that's fine. What's in the, what's in your shampoo bar? Yeah. So it's um, a goat's milk soap base and then lots of nourishing oils like cocoa butter and shea butter with essential tea tree which is good for your scalp now do you have different scents for that one or just one right now just one scent for now just because it's not my best seller so I I have it but I don't want to spend all my time on it because um to answer your previous question the shag spray is the best seller so um I want to dedicate my time to that okay so now when we were over uh, because I think I spoke to you probably like last month or so it was a little Mm -hmm. while ago that was a while Okay, so now kind of going back to your journey, which I should have asked you beforehand, but that's totally fine. You're originally from Salt Lake City. Yeah. Right? How did you end up in Portland? Well, so after college, I decided that I would like to move away from Salt Lake City, um, which is beautiful, beautiful state, but, um, you know, uh, politically repressive. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, But I decided I was like, Portland is a logical city to move from, from Salt Lake City. It's not that much larger. It's not that far away. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's similar in a lot of ways, but different enough. Um, mm-hmm. And I already had friends up here, so it just, it made total sense to move to Portland and I'm glad I did. And now, but there was a time where you actually took a break and then you went to, is it Taos? Taos. Taos, New Mexico. Yeah, so I lived in Taos after a little bit, like, I was like, wow, Portland's too wet, and like, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of a desert girl being, from yeah, here, right, so 
Um, and I was like, what is going on in New Mexico? Seems like a crazy state, right? So I left and I, it was really great. I moved there and I wrote a lot of songs and wrote a lot of poems. Which I do want to talk about in a little bit. Um, yeah. Now, what brought you back to Portland then? Yeah, Taos is intense. Anybody who has like lived there will kind of tell you that it's a space of like a lot of healing. I don't know how like wooey you are, like how mystical you can get. A tiny um, bit, yeah. But it's it's at it rests at seven thousand feet, and so it's just like kind of a lot sometimes. And I was feeling like I just had my fill of the desert, mm -hmm. you know. Like you can only take so much. Like it's a lot of yang and like fire energy. Mm. So it's like, all right, I miss the ocean. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. It was essentially coming back to like kind of cooler feminine water ocean. That's really cool. Yeah. So nice. how, how long have you been back in Portland then? Gosh, and time has flown since I came back. I was originally trying to go to California, but that didn't work. So I ended up back in Portland. And as you get older, the years just keep coming, man. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound like that long, but it's been a little over three years now. But and then... I, how did you find Wildish Botanicals then? Yeah, so I actually came to them. I was trying, I was thinking about making makeup, plant-based makeup, and I came to them looking for organic beet, beet powder for blush, mm -hmm. and they didn't have it, but we became friends after oh, a while. Cool. They were the new apothecary in town. You know, it had only been a couple months that they had opened, and there was a previous apothecary there called Fettle, and they took it over and we just became friends and I became uh, one of their first employees and it was really That's great. Really cool. So with the makeup, you were thinking about doing makeup and then you decided to transition to hair care products? Yeah, yeah, just because the makeup, I don't know. I don't really know all that much about it and the blush made me break out. <laughs> no. That was, with, was that with beet powder? Yeah, beet powder oh, okay. and cocoa powder okay uh, and stuff so for like bronzer and blushes but no I mean I had been using the dry shampoo for years right mm -hmm. so I had this perfect product so that's really cool yeah how did you and was it braided root then right the brand mm -hmm. how did you transition to rabbit brush so I was under braided root for about like I said about a year and a half and then um it was still braided root and then uh, COVID hit and it was mm -hmm. time and I wasn't really doing any business. And also I never really worked too hard on that business because I was working full time. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't have like a ton of spare energy, but um, then quarantine hit and I kind of had some time to recalibrate where I was at. And then, I mean, full transparency, um, I really liked the name braided root. It was a concept of like plants, right? Like plant roots, like in collaboration. But that being said, if you look up braided root and the hashtag, it has a lot to do with cornrows and braided hair. Mm. So I wanted to step away from any, any kind of cultural appropriation there at mm -hmm. all. And so I was like, well, I'm not too far ahead in my business. Uh, now would be a good time to change my name. That's great. Yeah. And then how did the rabbit, br uh, rabbit brush come to fruition? Sure. So rabbit brush is a perennial plant that grows around Taos, New Mexico. 
and um, it's also called Chimisa, and uh, it's a lovely plant. Um, it's in the aster family, so it's related to sunflowers, and okay. uh, I, I just really love it. It's this beautiful, like, golden rod color, which is definitely mm-hmm. one of my, like, main brand colors, and I wanted a brand name that felt, like, tangible. Mm-hmm. It felt like something that you could kind of grab onto, right? Rather than a concept like braided fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, and it works, you know, like the rabbit is cute. And then it's kind of like hair care, like H-A-R-E. And then I make the brushes. So it just kind of fit. It definitely clicked in a way. And also my brand is kind of um, inspired by the desert and the desert colors. And so I love yeah. the tones of it. Yeah, I love the tones of the labels, which actually you created new ones, right? All new labels. Yeah, so that just, they came out last week and I'm so happy with them. Do you have any of them with you right now? Because I have the label, they're all like light colored. Yeah, like so I was actually, key. I was hand printing. I was printing all of those, hand cutting them and hand gluing all those. Oh <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> How many um, hours do you work in a day? Oh, it depends. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, sometimes as little as like three or four, sometimes as much as like 10. Okay. At least, you know, that's just small business life. Mm-hmm. It's like whatever needs to get done has got to get done. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to flip my camera around here. And these are the new Oh, I labels. love those. Yeah. So this is, these are the vetiver ones. They're designed by an awesome a uh, graphic designer named Tiffany Bryce. Is she here in Portland? She is here in Portland. She's going to be leaving um, to go back oh, south. I love those. Soon, but they're really beautiful. So that's that. And then there's the dry shampoo. That's awesome. Yeah. I love them. I'm now, very, very happy with them. Now, do you put the labels on yourself? Yeah. Okay. Um, now, you probably, it sounds like you don't have anybody else helping you right or working with you no yeah it's all just me it's all it's all me so (laughs) and you started picking up because of COVID yeah so after like a couple months of like you know being depressed and watching TV all day which you got it you got to do you got to get that out of the way and just kind of goofing off for a little bit I was like this is an opportunity you have a lot of time and so I really Mm -hmm. started structuring some work days for myself which was really hard at first mm-hmm. to be like okay you're gonna start working like six hour days mm-hmm. you know um like Tuesday through Friday or whatever and it was just small amounts at that point in time like only a couple days a week work on brand development and at first I was really oriented with selling vintage which I also do sell on my site mm, okay um but that takes a lot of time you mm-hmm. have to hunt for it you have to clean it you have to photograph it you have to Mm -hmm. like list it you know it's a whole thing but it's really fun too and so those first early days were really great we had a spare room in my house and I just like had lots of room to kind of spread out and um play just play around now was this all for you to promote yourself was this all through Instagram and with your friends Yeah. So I already like kind of had worked into my business model. I have seen if there's so many successful businesses that use Instagram primarily Mm -hmm. and like 
Um, I mean, honestly, I'm gonna, one of my biggest inspirations is this company called Plant Folk. I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. heard of her, but Mm-mm. she lives in Taos and just like has a wholesale, she has a wonderful line of like handmade, like body and skin products. And she just like live, she makes them in a yurt and like ships them and has this beautiful life. And I think it's really great. Like I didn't, I wanted a business, but retail is kind of a pain in the butt. You know, Mm -hmm. you have to have employees there all the time. You have to have open hours. You have to pay a ton of rent. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I, I think I can do this. I think that you can use Instagram. I mean, it's kind of a terrible place in some ways, you know, we all, Mm-hmm. I feel like we all have our frustrations with that application, but it's yeah. also like a really incredible tool that you can use to um, to grow. And there's so many really supportive people and like honestly badass women like doing That's some cool. awesome yeah. stuff. So it's cool. How far? Because you told me that you people in Germany have purchased your product. Yeah, so like tons of international orders. I think I just shipped one, gonna ship one today to Australia. I and think. this is all through Instagram? Um, primarily. Yeah. Okay. So I think some people are finding out through Facebook. I post on Facebook but yeah. mostly so like my mom can see it, you know. <laughs> um but yeah, uh let's see, there's all kinds there's all kinds of places. I've been getting some more customers in Canada lately. That's cool. Um, yeah. But I mean, I'll, I ship anywhere. It's mostly just like, sometimes it can be over $20 in shipping, you know. Which the customer would pay with for, right? Yeah, they would yeah. pay for. Every once in a while, if somebody like really wants to try something, or I have, I have a wholesale account at a salon in Canada, like on the east side of Canada you know so like really far from us and every once in a while I'll split shipping because okay. I really I want them to be able to get the products you know yeah. and if you split it then it's not so it's only like $15 a piece okay now how did you get into are you still at Wildish Botanicals your products still no. there okay I, oh yeah 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 my products are still there mm-hmm. um now are you in any hair salons in Portland Yes, I am at Teal Flamingo. Okay, um, which I is think in, I just started following them. Yeah, they're in the Hollywood district. So off of Sandy and like 40th, mm-hmm. 42nd. But they're a cute little salon and they have like thrift store too. They serve some like oh, nice cool. like vintage clothes and they they do that. And then I have, there's a cute little store on mixtape that's uh, on Belmont called mixtape that sells my products too. And they have uh thrift, they have like nice vintage clothes and, um, and then I have some other salons, like I think in California and New York. That's cool. Yeah. And then there's a really cool one opening, I think in Austin or California. I don't know, but it, it's going to be like, beauty store convenience mart vibes which sounds really cool do they purchase the products from you first or do they take the product and then they sell what they can and then you receive a commission or you receive your amount for it yeah uh, both um so I have a couple consignment accounts 
um, where I just send them the products and then they pay me, you know, a percentage in then, but I think it's preferable to do wholesale mm-hmm. where we just pack it up. They get a better deal. I send mm-hmm. it all to them and then they get an invoice from me and they just pay the invoice and usually works out pretty good. Where do you want to see it? I mean, it sounds like you're just kicking ass right now. <laughs> like like since COVID, is it, does it, su- does it surprise you? Like you look back, you're like, holy shit. Like I'm actually doing this. You know, I think that like, sometimes I feel like I should have some more surprise But the thing is, is like, I have been planning this business for years before, like really applying myself. Like it's been like, you know, staying up in like late in my bed, thinking about what I want to do. And then like going to meetings, you know, for small businesses and making Mm, sure I had all my ducks in a row. So it's been a long time coming, you know, that I'm like finally starting to see some payoff. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I am grateful, but I'm not surprised because like, I think at first, you know, imposter syndrome is real. And I was like, Oh, I don't know if what I'm doing is really that special. Mm -hmm. And then I had to give myself like a lot of pep talks where I'm like, you like know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, you've been doing this. Like I'm familiar with all of these ingredients. Like I have so much knowledge in how to manage a small business. That's mm-hmm. been all I've done, you know, with my previous employers. So I think that uh, I'm eternally grateful, but I mean, I'm, I don't think I'm surprised No. No, oh, that's great. Does that sound full of myself? <laughs> Not, are you serious? Not at all. Like I work hard. So I think, yeah. I think if you continue to like show up for what yeah. you really, really want, then I think, you know, it's going to I totally, well, I totally believe in that. So I have always had the imposter syndrome forever. Yeah, I did an interview with one of my clients who does like bad habits that create a toxic work environment. Oh yeah. So I was looking down the list and let me see, I am self-loathing. That's one of my major ones, you know, not good enough, all this stuff. But um, so for like my Instagram, what I started doing is making it more interactive, which I think yours is a lot like that. So like, that's what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun. Like, um, just recently I posted something about my client, uh, for her hair color. It's a purple one that I just did Mm -hmm. and she did it right before her birthday. So I kind of mentioned that. And Mm -hmm. then, so I'll do two posts of hair and then one post is kind of something that's going on in my life, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think totally, yeah. And it's great. And I've gotten really positive responses for that. Mm-hmm. So, and then as to thinking about a business for a long time, I feel like for me, this is my last years in my thirties. Wow. <laughs> kinda, yeah. yeah, I know. I'm an old lady over here and it's, it's, it's finally feel good. It feels good to be skilled in your craft and not have to feel that you have to prove anything. Totally. That is like such a blessing of getting older is just like, you're like, oh my gosh, I have all this experience. I was just thinking about that the other day and thinking about how plagued I used to be with what people thought of me, Mm -hmm. you know? And I was just like, I really don't have much time for that anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I know what I want and I want to work hard for it. And like you just amass so much knowledge and experience as you get older, you know, Mm -hmm. that it's just like, 
cool. Let's just keep <laughs> let's just yeah. keep going with this. Now, do you have like a group of other um other people that make their own products as well that you bounce off ideas with? I have some friends. Okay. But I'm actually really happy that you asked about that because something new that I'm going to be a part of that hasn't fully taken form yet. But there's this really cool brand on Instagram that I found that's kind of like a peer of mine, I guess, called Terrastoma. And they make handmade uh, makeup. Oh, that's great. And it's so great. I love it so much. And so they invited me to take a part of this, like, it would be like a coalition of small businesses who are environmentally minded. Mm. And so we would all like come together and manage like a shared account. And it would be this like, mm, not like a foundation, I guess like a group, right? Like a coalition of small mm -hmm. businesses who can share resources and information and like work together to like have a greener business. And then the more powerful we get, like as a group, the more pressure we can put on mm -hmm. like either larger businesses or policies or whatever. So I'm really excited. About I think that. that's awesome. And that's kind of where I feel like we're going to anyways, is yeah. the direction of being more environmentally friendly. And then also I do feel that it sucks with COVID. There are small businesses that are closing down, but there's also small businesses like yourself that are really creating some amazing work and then also connecting with others too, which is yeah. really cool. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely hard to see, but, mm -hmm. um, things change, you know, people adapt, you, you got to adapt. So other than the joining this group, where do you see your business going? Like, do you have any goals this year or something that you really want to do this year? Um, well, I guess I might as well just say, say this out loud, but, I, uh, me and my partner are like kind of low key talking about moving to Brooklyn at, at, in the fall. So okay. I guess making enough money to make that happen. Um, but you know, I think like just keep going for where I'm at right now, like, um, keep finding new, new like salons and rad women to work with. And I think eventually, like, I don't want my business to get huge. I don't mm -hmm. really like the like uncapped growth of capitalism, mm -hmm. you know, where I'm just like, I want to get rich and have a warehouse and a bunch of employees. Like, yeah. I really like the model of like, you know, taking on what you need. Mm -hmm. So, you know, eventually I'd like to like, you know, have a couple friendly employees and um, just continue my make making my business like as fair and sustainable and equitable as possible. And being able to do that when you have more money as nice, you know, like, That's great. yeah, so uh, just keep going. This is, That's I'm awesome. not going to stop, stop doing this anytime soon. So, so. and you still want to keep up with the vintage clothing though, too, also. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. do. Cause it's fun. Yeah. It's fun for me, but it is also really time consuming. Um, but you know, like, yeah. So now this is where I get out, uh, go to a different direction with you. I did not realize that you, are you a singer? Yeah, I'm a singer-songwriter. Okay. I really wanted to go to Southwester. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Okay. Are those like RVs or what are those? They're, yeah, they're vintage trailers that they've God. like re, 
there it's awesome southwester is so cool the vibe is right At, and it's not very far from portland right no it's a little over two hours so it's just like like 20 miles north of astoria you just oh, cross over okay. to washington and it's like right there oh that's awesome yeah my friend and i were thinking about nice. doing that it's really nice and they have a they have some really good COVID precautions as well oh, where okay. like they cool. got it kind of you know dialed in so it feels really nice and safe and it's good that's really cool um yeah so talk about your singing was that something that you got into more with COVID and having more time or is this uh, do you yeah, want no. this to go anywhere or <laughs> well I've been singing and writing songs as started writing songs when I was about 15. So it's been, okay. it's been a long time. Um, my dad is a musician as well. So oh, cool. it's been a part of my life for a long time. And, um, but I've been singing ever since I was a kid. Like I love singing so much. Um, and you know, it's kind of a shame that with my business, I have a little bit less time, but that being mm -hmm. said, like I released an album on the first of the year Oh, that I'm really excited about. My partner is uh, like a music producer, which is oh, very cool. helpful. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, I'm uh, at this point in time, I'm just really trying to like hone my craft. I'm taking guitar lessons. Oh, that's great. So I'm trying to get better with my like skill set. Mm -hmm. But I pretty much knew from an early on age that music was not something that I wanted to do for financial gain. Mm -hmm. Um. And I don't earn any money at it. Mm. I spend money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, making the albums and publishing everything, but it's, I just do it for the joy of it. Just mm -hmm. for, you know, like the cathartic experience of sharing music and yeah. Is now, is it under your name, Ruby Oland? Mm -hmm. And then what's yep. the album called? It's called Born in the West. Mm, that's yeah, awesome. But I have another ep called wolf spider on there that came out a couple springs ago that's a really sweet album where can people find that all over it's streaming everywhere on youtube and spotify and itunes and... oh that's awesome yeah that's really cool thing. yeah um so i mean <laughs> i'm so glad that we connected i, I am so yeah. happy yeah. yeah um i love all your products. And I think I'm actually gonna, I do want to order a brush. So I'm for sure going to order a brush from you. Um, I'll put you on the list. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love the handles and I'm just really excited for you. I'm really happy for you. And I'm glad your business is going so well. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so happy that you reached out. It's fun. I've never really done anything like this before. So yeah, Norma is sometimes uh, guests get kind of nervous, but really it's just having a conversation recorded. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've, yeah. I've, I've done just not for my business. I've done a couple things for my music before. Oh, but okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, where can people find you? Um, so the number one way that you can kind of keep up with what I'm doing and new products and whatever is on Instagram, uh, Rabbit Brush Goods. But my website is rabbitbrushgoods.com. And um, I'm kind of on Facebook, but not really. Okay. It's mostly Instagram. And then people can reach you through like direct message on Instagram, right? Yeah. DM is the best way, but you can also email at uh, info at rabbitbrushgoods.com. And yeah, I, I love working with people and yeah, I'm, I'm also want to mention real quick. I'm excited to start like working with other people. I'm going to start kind of having some of the 
makeup that I mentioned on my website and a couple other like cool artists. We're going to start working together there. So, um, yeah, that's great. Um, well, it was so good talking with you, Ruby. So this is Ruby. Yeah. So this is Ruby Olin, creator of rabbit brush. And can you stay? I'm going to end the recording, but I forgot to tell you that before. (laughs) Usually people, sometimes people hang up on me and I'm like, wait, I still want to talk. So guys, that was my lovely conversation with Ruby Oland, owner and creator of Rabbit Brush Goods. To learn more, please visit her website at www.rabbitbrushgoods.com, her IG at rabbitbrushgoods, and you can also find more information on my own website, www.herapy.salon. So that's it for now. Be safe be healthy, and above all, be hopeful. This is your therapy session with Emily. I'm your host, Emily Mazur, aka Portland Hairstylist. Show written by Emily Mazur, sponsored by Ziba Hub. Ziba Hub, a beauty app where you can find jobs, explore events, and build community. And editing by 127 Media House.
Well, have you ever seen a full moon rise over Canyonlands? Well, have you ever lost your mind in the Oregon woods? Where have you ever slept out on a California beach collecting feathers? I feel at home.